Before we get started with today's podcast, I wanted to introduce you to an online service called Skillshare. It hosts classes taught by experts on emerging trends and topics, everything from photography and film to design, entrepreneurship, and storytelling. Whatever it is you would like to learn, Skillshare has you covered. Go to http skl.sh slash artivisuals or use promo code artivisuals, all one word, for two months free of Skillshare Premium. Invest in yourself, grow your skill sets, and build the future of your dreams. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. My name is Prince. I am your host. And today's guest is Carmen Huter from Austria. She's a travel photographer and she's here today to chat with me. Carmen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Prince. I appreciate it. So nice to be here. We're stoked to have you. Where are you at right now? I am currently in northern Italy in the Dolomites, which is epic. But I've actually just returned from a two-month trip around Africa. That is crazy. So you were in Africa for two months? Yeah, well, we were, we actually, I mean, it's crazy. We actually hired this like rickety old Land Rover and we ended up driving by ourselves, me and my boyfriend, Finlay, we ended up driving by ourselves through Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, and we also went to South Africa and yeah, it was just, it was an adventure. <laughs> that is insane. That sounds awesome. I'm excited to, to ask you some questions around that adventure uh, here in a bit, but why don't you start off with letting the community know a little bit more about yourself? Sure thing. So yeah, my name is Carmen. I am from Austria. I've got a funny accent, which is because I live in New Zealand. Um, so I've moved to New Zealand when I finished high school to study English. And um, yeah, I just kind of grew up in this really academic household with my dad. And I went to New Zealand to study English and thought, you know, I was going to go into this corporate world. I ended up studying business there as well. And one thing came to another, and now I'm a full-time travel photographer, and um, I've been basically traveling nonstop or, you know, living out of New Zealand for the last three years. Okay. That's awesome. So yeah. when, did, when, did you go, <laughs> when did you go full-time? I went full-time. I mean, you know, it's so weird. Like, I finished university um, about, when did I finish? Two years ago, and... You know, I got out of uni and I had this bachelor and I was I was accepted into a master's program and I was kind of just ready to move on with my uni uni degree. And I just dropped out of everything and I kind of gave myself this funny time off and I was like, no, I'm I'm just going to be for a little bit. I mean, I really liked uni, but it just wasn't my thing. Like, you know, it was fine, but it wasn't it didn't make me wake up in the morning and be like, I have to do this now, which is fair enough. It's university, but I feel like there should be a little bit of a spark and it hasn't it was just never there. And um, every, every year through at university, I would like travel for the whole summer. I would just work like two or three jobs during university and always save up every penny and just go overseas. And so I thought I might as well just do that. And I did. And I got into photography and I did a lot of random freelancing jobs, you know, just kind of trying to get by. Right. And so I did. And then the, basically a year went by. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like you can kind of just get by through like random things and then a year is gone and you've you've really created a whole new life for yourself and then the following year so the start of this year was really when I I went full-time and I I was confident calling myself a photographer I think for the first year (laughs) it was a bit of a (laughs) bit of a random story that's that's beautiful and you do (laughs) most of this stuff you're pretty much a solo traveler for the most part right up until recently yeah yeah that's right Yeah. yeah so Talk to us a little bit about that. What's it What's it like being, you know, a solo female traveler, globe traveling the world? 
man. I mean, you know, I moved out from home when I was 15. So I grew up in this really quite, I guess, random family. My dad is lovely, but I basically only grew up with my dad. I had to move out when I was 15. So I've been kind of grown, I've been born into this kind of very independent lifestyle. So the traveling alone wasn't actually too difficult because I was always quite used to, you know, looking after myself in a way. But I never grew up traveling. So I was fine to, you know, cook for myself and do all these other things. But I had no clue of other cultures, uh, other countries, any such thing. I just didn't know. But when I came to New Zealand, and I do truly think I'm the only person to, like, come to New Zealand on a gap year and not want to travel. I truly just came for studying English. And it's the furthest country away from my home, home country. So I, I mean, I just don't know what happened there. <laughs> but nice. basically, you know, I, I came there and, <laughs> you know, I just realized, man, there's so much in between New Zealand and Austria. It's like literally the entire world. And it's from now I, I look at it and I'm like, it's such a naive thought. But back then this was like world, like life changing for me. And so I just got this sense of curiosity. And instead of I've, I always I've been always obsessed with documentaries. I would watch documentaries like day and night about anything and everything and so I just kind of stepped into them a bit more instead of just being a participant uh, being like a you know a, a viewer I would step into and just book random flights to countries that were cheap to fly to and then I was like I'm here <laughs> the first place I ended up like doing a backpacking trip you know one of these like very original just a backpack and no plans kind of trip was in Indonesia and that was quite a rough trip I got um, very ill and I had an accident and all these other things but not for once in those three weeks did I actually complain about anything and that's amazing because growing up in Austria like you know we have a very kind of German culture and we do tend to complain quite a bit <laughs> about life and it's just I didn't even feel like anything was bad I just felt like everything was exciting and new and amazing and so it just continued that's beautiful. So even 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 while traveling and even while getting sick or when things happen, uh, it's still enjoyable. And that's I don't yeah. know. That's a really cool perspective to have on the world. Uh, it's a great mindset. You know, you're in control of your own happiness, right? Not not the exterior oh, you things so are. in life. Yeah, so. exactly. I think we, you know we all grow up with this. I think at least the, the culture that I grew up in, um, it it always kind of taught us, you know, that. Somewhere, you know, to search for happiness and happiness was just there 24-7 and that was it. You know, you, you, you go to a station, you make it, you follow the path and you'll, you'll get to the station life and you'll be like, now this is it. You know, this, this, is, hap this is what happiness is supposed to feel like. But with the way I, I, I was brought up and with the way my family, you know, kind of is, I always, always knew that that's just not it. You know, I, right. I, I know plenty of people who got made the steps and then look back at it and I'm like these steps were great but now I need more and I don't really want to live a life where I constantly feel like I need more I think you know where I am is enough and there's better things but you know it's nice to just think that's good no absolutely so how many countries have you been to I don't know I don't know um <laughs> how many? I don't know maybe I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe at least like 20 or 30 I actually have no idea I should I should probably count it. I don't know. That's cool. I actually like that you don't <laughs> keep track. I like I like that I, I don't know. I think people that don't keep track, I feel like you're doing it for and I guess it really doesn't matter why you're why you're traveling, but it's cool that you're just doing it for fun where there are people that 
uh, are doing it as whatever. Maybe it's a challenge to themselves and they're like mm. keeping track. And so they know exactly. And uh, it's kind of cool that you're just like, I don't really know, but I've been to 20 or 30. I've been to a lot. <laughs> and so uh, that's really yeah. cool. I think it's nice to, you know, travel in a way that you, you think when you've arrived, you don't always think of the next country. Because otherwise, you just there's this huge list, and that's also something that I think Instagram is is kind of teaching us already as well. It's like always, you know, see more and this and this place, and it's like it's nice to just be somewhere and, and think, man, this is so stunning, and I'm good right here, right now, and yeah, I might want to go to all these amazing countries, and yeah, I mean, I I'm dying to go to like Norway and you know all these other countries, but I think um, honestly, every country I've been to is is really quite spectacular. So excellent. So Norway is one of your dream countries. Yeah, and I, I'm, I, I entirely blame Instagram for that, but that's no, okay. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Instagram makes you? you... No, I haven't. Just like you, I've just seen stunning images, mm. but it's definitely, definitely on the list. But there's so many places on the list because, yes, Instagram oh, cool. has now made the world more accessible through images. And so we all get to it's see so all fun. the other beautiful places, and now we all want to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you on one of your travels? Um, okay, let's have a let's have a think. Actually, one of the most recent things that was completely out of the blue, like just really unexpected. We hired this car, uh, this you know Land Rover Defender, which you know they're known for the breakdowns, but they're also known to be very durable cars. So we thought, okay, we couldn't get an insurance for a Toyota, and so we're like, okay, we'll just get a Defender. They look epic, like they're the most beautiful car. So we thought, yeah, we'll get that. And um, we, you know, self-drove around all these Eastern African countries. And the roads there, you know, often there are no roads. It's just you kind of just make your own way. And then one weekend, I ended up being diagnosed with malaria, which is insane because in New Zealand, you know, we're given obviously anti-malarial drugs and we've been taking them forever. But who knows what? Something happened. And I ended up being in this, like, little shed, like not an actual building with this, doctor who was lovely but not immensely like clean um just telling me like smiling at me and it's like oh you've got malaria and I'm like oh what <laughs> and I had um I you know I was I felt like I was dying I had all these spasms and it was just so weird like I don't get sick very much so um I think that was crazy yeah <laughs> but um we've also had like I think about 10 car breakdowns in five weeks or more on one stage the windshield the windscreen, like we were driving through this national park, this national park, and you're not allowed to exit the car because there's all these wild animals, you know, and that's when they see you, you're food basically. So like, don't get out of the car. And the windscreens, like we were just driving along and the windscreen just exploded at us and it wasn't sealed. So like all these little glass bits were just covering us. I was cut all over my legs and just like blood everywhere. <laughs> we're like in the middle of nowhere, oh, <laughs> no reception. And, it, and you know, what do you do? It's like, okay. I'm trying to be sensible, but we just, we, I, honestly, I just, I just had to laugh. I'm like, so we just ended up cleaning it up and then driving back to where we came from with like no window and there were these wildebeest and elephants and giraffes and stuff all running along like next to our car and we, you know, they, we could basically touch them. Obviously we didn't, but anyway, life is weird sometimes. <laughs> I can't explain these things. <laughs> that's, inc that's incredible though. That's a crazy that's a crazy story. So what did you guys end up doing? Man, we were so lucky. I mean, a few of the breakdowns we've had, we would literally be stranded in the middle of nowhere and we'd end up 
um, flagging our buses or, or local people and they would we would pay them like to help us push the car for a really long time to like get it rolling again. Um, and in this particular case with the windscreen, we were so lucky because the hotel we were staying at, they had one an- other like car that was the same make and they literally just took the windscreen out of that car and gave it to us. Yeah, That's what awesome. are the chances? It's amazing. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have waited for like a week. That is so cool. That's nice. What do you What do you think the benefits of traveling are as far as like personal development? Mm. I mean, I think there's the obvious. You know, it, it pushes you, and just with these couple of stories, like I am pushed nearly every day. But um, I mean, in the Dolomites today, I've been pushed maybe skiing, but it's not that intense. <laughs> but especially going to you know developing countries, it's you get pushed to think differently. And that's something that I think that even our education system doesn't really teach us. You know, we are we we are brought up with a with a set of standards and 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 ways of how life works. And then you go to a country and you visit like, you know, we visited a lot of pre-modern societies like the Maasai tribes and other tribes in Africa. And for them, you know, traditionally money is no concept and polygamy right. is normal. And there's just so many traditions that. To us, we would look at it and be like, that's crazy, that's not good, you know, it's not healthy, who knows. But they don't know it differently. And I think it's so important to go to places where you are where you are the odd one out and you are the one who is strange. Because I think it's very easy to get so comfortable with the world we're in and the world we create ourselves. And when we sit in these bubbles, then we, it's, I think it's hard to grow like creatively and professionally, especially creatively, because you do need that kind of inspiration. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm looking at some of your most recent images here. I see you got oh, some yeah. elephants, some giraffes. Yeah. Like, what, what was that experience like being so close to such, you know, lions, like such wild animals? I mean, I am very emotional. And I, I think I might have slightly cried the first time I saw lots of wildlife. It's really strange for me because, you know, Austria is a landlocked country. I don't know. We have wild goats cows you know and in New Zealand we have birds which is great but it's not that amazing like not that fascinating at least to me and um, then you go there and you the first day we drove in it was like our second day in Africa and we drive into this national park and there's just this huge like group like thousands of wildebeests and then there's elephants just trotting along the road and you just think to yourself, what's happening? Like, is it real? Like, are they? Because these in these national parks and these in these Eastern African countries, most of them have no fences around. So these animals truly migrate. They like migrate from one country to another several times a year. It's amazing. Like millions of animals just running across borders. That's so cool. Crazy. Like, yeah. It's it's beautiful that we still have places that exist like that. Oh man, yeah, yeah I agree. But it's really sad in some places we saw um, the effect of, of climate change, like really, really drastically. There was one place where they haven't had rain in one and a half years. And you just see thousands of dead animals. Like it, the, the smell of death is, oh man, it's actually mind-blowing. There's just carcasses everywhere as far as your eye can see because these animals have no water and they can't survive. Oh my goodness. That's so sad. Uh, yeah. So it's... Um, it's very eye-opening, sure. Yeah. Yeah, because it's 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 I I could only imagine. I mean, you obviously you read about climate change and you hear about it in the headlines, but then it's totally different when you get to see like the byproduct, like when you're 
out in nature and you're just seeing dead carcasses everywhere and dry land and no water. And that's so sad. Because I think news make it so elusive, you know, like this big thing that one day generations down the line is going to happen to us. But, you know, it's happening now. And if you don't take care of where we are in our surroundings, then um, it's there's no way forward. So I think it's and that's also I think that's any actually one other thing that travel really teaches you to um, to take care of our beautiful planet. Right. You have a lot more respect, yeah. I would imagine, for the planet. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are uh, do you have any travel hacks or tips on how you afford to, to travel around? Like, is there any insider um, tips? I'm thinking like I feel like they're also obvious. You know, like you go on Skyscanner, you can get you can first of all you can look at flights to everywhere and you just see what's the cheapest. I mean, if you're not bound to sit, you know, bound on one one um, particular place, especially if you're thinking of going to Europe, it really doesn't matter. You know, if you go to Austria, Germany or Hungary, because you just take the train. So if there's a really cheap flight to Eastern Europe instead of Central, then just go there and take a train if you want to go across, for example. But otherwise, um, I always get flight alerts, you know, in terms of like they they email you and they say when it's the cheapest. I have a lot of um, air points, like air miles, because they, it's, you know, it doesn't cost anything to sign up to most programs. And then they just give you a lot of money back when you fly long haul. Mm-hmm. So I find that really helpful. And then um, I th- I'm thinking, um, I honestly, you know, flights are getting, overall flights are getting much cheaper, but they're still really expensive. I think no matter where you are, especially in New Zealand, it is ludicrous how much you pay for flights just because there's not many people in New Zealand. So I think at the end of the day, as much as like, there's just no way to get super cheap flights unless you have um you know someone that works for an airline or you're a stewardess or a flight attendant yourself actually some of my travel blogger friends in new zealand they are flight attendants and it's amazing because they don't they basically don't pay for flights like they pay very little and they can just go to these exotic locations every other week when they're off work it's amazing so that's maybe heck but yeah (laughs) I i have a friend she does the same thing she literally uh, she literally just whenever she's not working, she's just flying oh. all over the world to the coolest places, and it's just like, how does she do this? But um, yeah, she's a flight attendant, and so uh, with free flights, obviously, it's a really yeah. nice, really nice advantage. Yeah. What uh, I was gonna ask you. Um, oh my goodness, I just had a good question before I said that. I'm trying to remember what it was <laughs> that I wanted to ask you. Um. Oh man. I don't know. Maybe talk about something else. I know. We'll have to move on, and then if it comes back around (laughs) to me, then you'll just have to interrupt me. Like, just cut me off. Oh, here we go. How do you afford? How do you afford to travel? So, like, I know you're you're you have paid gigs and stuff, but like, what type of work? Like, how are you? What type of work are you doing? How are you getting the work? I think it really differs. So sometimes, and I think we've heard that quite a few times on this podcast as well already, you know, there's tourism boards, they are looking for content and, you know, there would have been an ongoing relationship. Maybe I would have emailed them a few times already, or maybe they would have heard about me, or maybe I would have posted a photo of them. So there's some kind of interest already. And then they would, either they will get in touch with me and saying, Hey, we've got this campaign. Um, we want to promote this and that. This is, 
the sort of, the sort of content we need. So it could either be just social work, like social media work, not social work really, <laughs> social media work. Huge difference, um, and um, <laughs> or it could be just a, a set of images or or files or such, and then you would sign a contract to whatever licensing you agree on, and then you get paid at you know after you've delivered the content. But most of the time, of course, the the experience as such will be covered, so you wouldn't have to pay. There's, these are like the prime experiences, and they're amazing. <laughs> but that's not what I do in every country, and that's just not how it works. Simply because tourism boards run by, you know, they run by state, um, state budget and often they don't have enough money and often there's just lots of competition and you might not be the right kind of photographer and all these other things. So that's one thing that I do a lot in New Zealand, especially a little bit over here in Europe as well. But um, I think what I found definitely is that the longer you are in one place or the longer you kind of create connections, the likelier you are to, to get the kind of money in return. Sometimes you would get, you know, free of cost accommodation or transport or such. And that's also amazing because, of course, it's an amazing experience. But often that comes with a trade-off of, you know, creating a set amount of content or such. So, there, you know, there is there is actually a lot of differences. And I think it very much depends on how you market yourself, but also what kind of budget is in, in, in role and who got in touch with whom. You know, if I get in touch with someone two weeks in advance, then not much is going to happen. Maybe some like free of cost accommodation or such, but you know, th these things, I think, you know, people run an editorial plan and you just have to, you have to kind of plan it out quite a bit to, to be able to get those gigs. And then other gigs will be as well, for example, um, for example, there would be like clothing companies. There's one in New Zealand. I've got some of their gear with me. They need some hero shots. So I'm delivering them with an, a certain number of shots and I'm getting paid for that while I'm on my travel. So it's kind of a nice thing to, you know, earn value travel. Right. Um, and then there, every now and then there is some social media posts that I do that are sponsored. But I am a little bit tricky to do sponsor posts with because I have, I'm, you know, I'm vegan and then I... <laughs> I only do ethical fashion and all these other things. And so there's a lot of like kind of the fast moving consumer goods that are already completely out of my line. So it's a lot more experience based, usually a lot more, you know, travel based. Um, yeah. So it's, it's this line. And then I also do on the side that is really not public as such for my name is I do some freelancing gigs for random companies that I would just do whenever, for example, I'm in New Zealand, I would just do a whole lot of them. And then I can go travel and I know that the money still comes in from those gigs. So, for example, um, I take photos for a shoe company in New Zealand. It was actually my first ever freelance gig two or three years ago. And I still do that for them. And, you know, it's just it's an easy job. And I think there's nothing wrong with, with doing some some random random jobs like that because it brings in money and it's still photography. And so, you know, it, it all can't be beautiful resorts on a on a beach in Zanzibar. I mean, that would be great, but no. <laughs> <laughs> No, absolutely. So, are you are you getting paid to do like writing as well? Like, are you? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, like that. what I pays better? I, I'm, I've always been curious. <laughs> like, do you feel like it's more advantageous to to not only be a great photographer to also be uh, a good writer too? Do you think that gives you more opportunity to work with brands and, and other companies and to travel and do all this? 
you know, I always put myself into this kind of position of, you know, the person I email to. And if you email to someone and you pitch them and you're like, I'm going to go here. I would like to create this. This is my focus. This is my niche or who knows what. And you say, right, I can do photos. I can write. And if you can do video on top of that, I promise you, you'll get jobs because video is definitely highly requested. And it's something that I must learn. It's definitely out of my comfort zone. But um, yeah, no, I think, you know, if you create, if you create sort of like a bundle, I mean, you know, you can buy bundles of presets. I mean, it's the same thing. You buy a bundle of, of or you sell a bundle of, of valuables, then of values, then you, you're, you're likely to get, get a job for sure. I think in terms of payment, though, if I get, when I do sole writing gigs, you know, when they're for magazines or online publications or such, often they will be travel guides accompanied with my photos or something like that. So it's quite easy for me to write. It's nothing well changing that I have to do, like, lots and lots of research about. But they usually don't pay super well. Often they pay by word and often they pay by article. I prefer by article because by word is usually a bit of a ripoff. Um, and then you just end up really focusing on like how you write your sentences. And if you like put in enough words, I mean, that, you know, that shouldn't be <laughs> what writing focuses on. So, um, yeah, these are, I find a bit trickier to get. But once you get them, they usually with you for a long time just because it's easier for editors to have like a go-to writer. Gotcha. So sounds like out of the three writing <laughs> photography and video, it sounds like right now that video is pretty profitable and that companies are willing to pay probably more money for video than photo and blogging. I reckon, I reckon. Yeah. But fair enough. I mean, video is a, a totally new scale. You know, it's, it's one thing to take an amazing photo and edit it beautifully and send it out. And another thing to sit there for a whole week just editing a video. I mean, that, that is my issue. I, I, I struggle with patience. So um, <laughs> I, need, I feel like I need to, to really put myself down for a week with like in a really not in a very beautiful spot. So I can't go out and just edit. But um, yeah, <laughs> one day. Yeah. It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely different. It's funny. I was talking to... Uh, I think I can't remember if it was Kyle Finn Dempsey or mm. Jude Allen or someone recently. I had a few other guys that I just interviewed last week and mm -hmm. someone was talking about how they're, they're, they're working towards video, but it's, it's, it's tough. And I always think it's funny because I think coming from video, like I did to photo yeah, yeah, yeah. is like really easy because you're just yeah. like, take, like you're taking one frame, right. Versus like, the opposite going from working with one frame all the time to like all these mm -hmm. clips and things and like having to like put them all together and do all this other stuff uh, can be difficult. So it's always, it's always interesting to, to, to hear who's getting into video and to see how they're coming along and how that learning curve is for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's really like on the one side, I'm, you know, I'm keen to try out on, and see where this thing is, getting me with in terms of video but on the other side too I think I'm not too fast about wanting to know and and do everything because at the end of the day I think it's better sometimes to know one thing really well and you know if you know 10 things you know kind of mediocre then it's fine but in the long run what's going to set you apart I think is also quite important to look at so I I still like I I focus on 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 getting better with my photography and knowing more about that and getting you know, always making sure you tell a story first and foremost and trying to do everything because, you know, I could do vlogs and I could do this and that. And it's like, no, hang on. I'm, you know, this is, I, I like to create something special. And I think for that, you do need a bit of time. 
No, absolutely. I think specializing in, I mean, you just got to go with your strengths, right? If you're really right. good at something, then exactly drive drive that thing into a wall until like there's just no more <laughs> yeah. room for growth, right? And then once there's no room, oh, room for do. growth, you've already mastered that. And then it's like, cool, well, you already have that in your pocket. So now it's time to go master the next thing. Exactly. Um, and so, no, that's cool. Uh, who inspires you? So many people. I mean, you know, there is, in terms of photographers, I, they, obviously, my whole Instagram feed is full of them and they're all beautiful, amazing people. But one that actually always stands out because he shoots very differently and he's obviously very famous. <laughs> he's called Steve McCurry. He's a uh, documentary photographer. He does a lot for National Geographic. Um, but he's just got this thing where he, you know, he shoots a lot of conflict zones and um, a lot of cultural um, and just humanity, humanitarian stuff. And he's got this beautiful human element in it, which I think that travel and landscape photography can really use. I think it's really nice to have a picture of a beautiful landscape telling you a story, maybe about a person or about a journey instead of just a landscape. I think that's actually what makes a difference. So he, even though he's not in my genre, I think he's very inspiring. And other than that, I find a lot of a lot of people super inspiring that maybe are not creatives themselves. I mean, I always have to think of the likes of um, Jane Goodall. She was a conservationist for, or she still is, um, and she's pioneered in the chimpanzee conservation in Tanzania, and she did amazing work. Also, Malala Yousafzai, she's the youngest Nobel Prize, Nobel Prize winner in the world. Uh, her story is just mind-blowing. I mean, she got shot in the head and, you know, won a Nobel Prize and is written this most amazing book that I can just um, recommend to everyone. It's called I Am Malala. And um, Paolo Coelho, I don't know, have you read The Alchemist? Yes. Yeah, and I mean, that's amazing because that guy, Paolo Coelho, he wrote The Alchemist, I think he was still pretty young, and he wrote it, and no one wanted to read it for a certain number of years. I can't remember, but maybe about 10 years or so, nothing happened to the book. Like, it just, you know, it wasn't sold. He couldn't find a publisher. And then it became one of the best-selling books in the world. Which I just think it all, it all, all of these characters go to show that determined, like being determined and having a goal, no matter what other people tell you, you can you can truly get anywhere. And I think that's that's really inspiring. I agree. What inspires you to get out of bed every morning and do what you do? Just to create. I have this thing. Um, who knows? I must have read it somewhere. I don't know. It's on my Instagram bio. I always think about it. I think about it so much. It's called create, create more than you consume. And in the kind of world that I grew up in and in the world that we are in, which is a beautiful world, but it's so consumption driven and everything is about buying a good and, and satisfying your needs and satisfying your happiness, especially with, with a good, with something external when really most of it actually comes from ourselves. And there's so many things that are so much bigger than ourselves, you know, and not, not a product, like a, an idea or a vision. And I think that for me, it's, it's just so important to constantly move and to constantly see new things and, and experience myself in different ways and not become stuck and, and just kind of going through life consuming and, and not really being, being myself. I agree. Like, obviously... Things don't bring you happiness, but you can buy experiences that can bring you happiness, right. you know, or you can buy tools to create things that will bring you happiness. Oh my God, yes. But, yeah. but, but just buying things, it's always so, 
and like we all we all do it to some extent you know what i mean and i think as we as we age and become more consciousness of like just more conscious of like what our behaviors and our actions and how we go about things like even myself like i've become less of a consumer as i get older and, and more aware and conscious of all this stuff but there's still times where you know you get excited and you want something oh, of course and, and it's christmas now and, and we're all thinking about it and that's fine you know i mean i do too we all do <laughs> but it's so funny though you get it and it's like Depending on what it is, normally if it's like just like some materialistic thing like a watch or a new phone or whatever it is, like it's always exciting for like the first day or whatever. And then like afterwards, you're just like, okay, like whatever. It's just it's done. You know what I mean? Like that, like whatever it brought you is so short lived where an experience lasts a lifetime and can can, you know, change who you are like for the better and help you grow and and reach, you know, your goals and where you want to go. And so, uh, I'm big, I'm a big proponent of preaching to spend money on experiences and travel and, and, and on tools to create versus just things. Yeah, me too. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I did buy, I just bought a new lens the other day. Speaking of consuming things, <laughs> I think it's a really great purchase and I'm really happy about it. I think it still brings me happiness. So I'm, I'm good about that. <laughs> it does. Well, cause it's a tool like, you, like that, it, that new lens is a tool that's going to allow you to create in a different way than you were able to create before. Exactly. And so, yeah. so that's awesome. What is, uh, so I was asking you earlier about, um, your work and what mm-hmm. inspires you to get out of bed every day and it was to create um, and so now I'm curious with your creations like is there you know why do you create like what's your vision behind creating like you know I feel like so many people these days I don't think there's anything wrong with it trust me I think creating just for the sake of creating is way better than consuming for the sake Not, of consuming yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, some people have really strong visions for their creations, you know, and like during the Renaissance, uh, there was a collective vision almost for all artists, whether you're an architect, a painter, uh, mm-hmm. or a musician. And so I'm curious, you know, what your vision for your art is or what you want your art and work to communicate to the world. Mm, I think for me, first and foremost, it's really important for me, for my art to speak to people in a way that they think about something new. So it could be, you know, there would be something about some environmental fact and suddenly they would start researching that and maybe be more aware. Or maybe they would think more about themselves and they would explore themselves a bit more because I think we all kind of, there's, you know, one side to us, but there's so many layers within us that I think are all there to be explored. So I just want to get some kind of movement in people that allows them to think differently, bigger, just differently, you know, have, have a different kind of thought way of thinking maybe look not maybe actually certainly look better look after our environment better and look after themselves better be kinder to to people and maybe not just go you know and book that flight because you want to get this amazing image maybe you would like to go because there is great culture maybe you would like to go because you can connect with yourself or with other people or you can solo travel and you can you can suddenly realize how self-reliant we all are and there's just so many aspects of life I think that are almost swept under by this huge noise that you know is in our faces every single day and I think it's quite important to strip it back and just think okay what what else is there in this world and what else can we think and do and yeah 
No, absolutely. I think uh, I like how you kind of touched base on there's more than just traveling to take a photo. Yeah. I had a conversation on a podcast with one of the aforementioned individuals. And basically we were kind of chatting about how, you know, oftentimes like I'll go out and shoot with friends and I won't really shoot. I'll just, I might sit down on a ledge and just sit there for an hour and for 90 minutes straight. And I won't even move. I'll just sit and listen to like, I'll just listen to nature. And everyone's like running around taking photos. Like, Oh, why aren't you shooting? (laughs) Why don't, don't you want to shoot? And I'm like, no, I don't. Hey, I don't I see a shot. I think we'd be good friends. I do the same thing. You know, hey, I don't see a and shot. It annoys my friends. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I do, I enjoy, a, like, I love nature. I'm not out here just to take photos. Like, I very much so just want to enjoy my peace out here. Yeah. I mean, that's what nature is really there to give you, first and foremost. It's not there to give you this banging Instagram shot. That, <laughs> that's not why it's there. Like, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I get so many messages though from people telling me, you know, the, the reason they travel now is because of Instagram, you know, and the reason they travel now is because maybe they saw something. So I think it's definitely, uh, you know, two sides to this, but personally, yeah. I don't go to travel just to take a photo, unless it's for a job. Yeah, okay, then. But right. generally, it's not why I want to travel. I'll, yeah, I like to think of it as a cycle. Like, I first and foremost, I'm traveling for, like, personal growth and development uh, an adventure, you know, second is to, uh, you know, connect with, with people and open my mind to learn new things. Third is to create beauty in new environments. And then, you know, fourth to turn around and share that beauty with the rest of the world to help inspire someone else sitting at home who's sitting on Instagram to hopefully want to, you know, jump on the internet and jump on the internet. That sounds just funny the way I say <laughs> <laughs> You know, jump jump on their phone or their computer to book a flight and go travel and experience it for themselves rather than just consuming the image on Instagram. Yeah, and so, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I wish uh, – yeah, I wish I you know, I hope to see more people doing that and, and trying to inspire more people to get out more so than just posting an image, but also like talking about, you know, why trying mm-hmm. to encourage people to travel, because there's just a lot of false connotation, like connotations with traveling, that it's dangerous and that mm. it's a scary time to travel mm. because all this mm. stuff in the world and flying and uh, it's all these fears that aren't real. And so, anywho, speaking exactly. of fear, like, how do you deal with fear? Well, sometimes better than worse. <laughs> sometimes really bad and sometimes just fine. It really depends on my mood. I try to think of it as, you know, we all have all these emotions and I think they're all to be had. You know, when we feel anxious or we feel angry, it's fine to feel anxious or angry. It's okay. It's not, you know, we're not worse people if we do. When I grew up, when I am um, between about... I don't know, maybe maybe seven and fifteen years of age. I think I cried about every single day of the of the year. And you know, I always put myself into this kind of self pity place and thought, you know, this is just horrible. You know, I I'm I cry, no one else cries. Who knows what? And it was just this this quite dark place. And and nowadays, it's you know, it's you 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 fear and you have anxiety and you know, you might be angry, but there is a reason for this. And there's actually something on the other side that maybe you wouldn't get to if you didn't. And if you didn't get through that fear and if you didn't face it. So if you just sit there and say, okay, it's just going to pass and I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to go on Netflix and that's it. 
then nothing is much nothing much is going to change you know you might come out of it you might feel more relaxed and better uh, or you don't but it might come back and it's fine to come back but at the end of the day there is something more for us to be had and more for us to be experienced and without a challenge we wouldn't be anywhere so without being this uncomfortable in this uncomfortable state I think there's no way to grow and this is one thing that travel teaches me very well and I think that is one thing that you can just apply in in any stage of your life whether you're at home or you haven't traveled or you travel who knows it doesn't matter I think you know it's there is there's always light at the end of the tunnel and sometimes we are anxious because of all these reasons that you know I think oh oh, sorry the other thing I'm bubbling on here but the other thing that I think I wanted to say as well is that Instagram puts this puts this um image up of people having made it or people having reached a certain state and they must be very happy and they must be very fulfilled and you know most of us you know I'm 24 I mean there's like 17 year olds there with like 2 million followers and you know I don't think they've made it just yet there's a long way to go in their lives and in my life I like to think it's only the start of my life as well in in terms of my creative career and so we all feel the same way everyone has anxiety and everyone sometimes gets fearful and we all sometimes very happy and you know it's just part of life and sometimes you just have to roll with it embrace what 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 comes our way and then move out of it in a better and stronger way i agree it's it's kind of funny you talked about you know quote unquote making it uh i had a i had a buddy the other day that you know because i used to be in that mindset of like you know i just want to make it and you know when Mm. i get to x i will have made it or whenever i have this going on in my life i will have made it and I had someone the other day kind of say something to me, basically, basically asking me like, you know, you know, you will have made it, you, you will have made it, you know, after you hit blah, blah, blah. Isn't that exciting? And I just looked at him and I was like, you know what? Like, had you said that to me four or five years ago, you know, six years ago, I probably, I would have agreed. I was like, but today I'm like, dude, I don't want to, I'm not here to make anywhere. I'm not trying to go anywhere. There is no destination. Like there's not like an ending. There's no, like I, I made it to my destination and I'm done. Like there is like, that's not going to happen. I'm just, I'm just on a journey, a never ending journey. And I'm just enjoying the daily process. You know what I mean? And there's no amount of money, no amount of countries I can go to amount of people I can touch that, that complete this thing. It's just, it's just an ongoing journey and I'm just in love with the process of waking up and getting to do it every day. Oh man, I love this. Yeah, I spend this with my life. I agree hundred <laughs> percent, but I do have to say it was funny because, you know, it's, it's so interesting because we grow so much in this, in this funny way that when I started Instagram a couple of years ago and I remember reaching 5,000 followers and by then I was posting all this random stuff. I was posting food and fashion and who knows. And I reached 5,000 followers and I, I had no idea what was out, what else was out there. I thought I made it. Like I thought I'm good. <laughs> I'm done, you know, and it's it's just, you know, it's so easy to get to get trapped into this, but there's actually no point because there's always more. And be, and if you don't think there's always more, everyone else is going to tell you there's always more. So if you don't find this place within yourself, um I think this world in social media in, in general can be a, can be a dangerous place. No, absolutely. Well, it looks like we are just about to the end here. Uh, I have one final question. So I, I normally end the podcast with the artist. So yourself leaving the audience, the AOV community with some type of wisdom or 
a message or something you want to communicate, uh, totally up to you. And so I'm just going to go ahead and give you the floor and you can go ahead and communicate whatever in the world's on your mind that you'd like to communicate to the AOV audience. I think the number one thing that has taught me the most is two simple words is take action. You know, without taking that step and doing something, no matter what you do, whether you you go and literally take a photo with your phone or you buy a camera or you go overseas or you just call someone you haven't talked to in such a long time. Without that, we, we're not going to be anywhere. So create action and just look beyond what, what's given to you. We all, we're all given a certain life and a certain, you know, I like to think of as like a backpack and we all carry it around, but there is so much more. And we can put that backpack down every now and then and just look around because there is a lot out there. And I think it's just waiting for all of us you and I and everyone that's listening to, um, to explore and, and see what's there. I couldn't have said it any better. Carmen, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for blessing us with so much wisdom and just amazing words. I think people are going to love this episode as there's so much value to gain from listening to it. Thank you again for you know taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with me. Thank you, Prince. I appreciate you and I really appreciate everything you've done for AOV. I think it's, it's amazing. Thank you for listening. Please share the Art of Visuals podcast with your friends and make sure to hit that subscribe button. Sharing is caring. You can follow Art of Visuals on Instagram at Art of Visuals or sign up for the Art of Visuals newsletter on artofvisuals.com. Join us next episode for more. But until then, let's continue to visually inspire the world together. Together.